Oh yes, it's episode 19 and we are talking today about dropping out to pursue your passion with online coach, personal trainer and content creator Nathan Collins. Answering the question, is it right for you? Looking at the mindset that you need to have in order to follow through on a huge decision, as well as dealing with adversity, including discussions around your place of work liquidating and even the COVID crisis and how it affected a number of different businesses, including those in the fitness space. Nathan also shares how he grew his one-to-one business, the relentless consistency and value that he provides in social media and his approach to multiple different platforms, as well as how best to structure your day when you're working at home, which will be of particular interest to a lot of us during this period, because that is what we are being forced to do during the COVID period. There's a lot to this episode, and I know you are going to love it. So without any further ado, let's get started. folks and welcome back to another episode of Canberra Conversations with your host Colin Campbell and today I'm joined by Nathan Collins, PT, online coach, content creator and we're going to be speaking about should you drop out to chase your dream as well as a host of other interesting topics. Nathan, welcome to the podcast. Thanks Cole mate and uh, I really appreciate you inviting me to come on the podcast. Obviously I've listened to uh, your podcast so far and you've Got some fantastic episodes with some fantastic guests. So honoured, honoured to be on here, mate. Yeah, I think this is going to be another cracking episode, and you're certainly up there with the level of guests that we want to be having conversations with, Nathan. With any good podcast, we have a little bit of an introduction at the start to tell the listeners who don't already know you a little bit about yourself. And with your story, Nathan, I think it's best if possible we we start from the beginning and we we, we talk about your journey into the fitness industry. For sure, dude. And I'll try and keep it relatively short because I know I, I speak a lot on my own podcast and my Instagram about this. So yeah, my name's Ethan Collins. I'm a personal trainer, online coach. Um, my first personal training job was October 2017. Um, the kind of backstory was I went to university. The goal was to be a primary school teacher. So I did a sports coach development degree, um, obviously qualified or got a 2-1 from university. Went to London to do a two-year um, uh, course, PGC, and I know the first year would have been a, a TA kind of year, and the second year would be PGCE. Yeah. Um, and I got through the first year, and it got to kind of like Easter, and I kind of just decided it just wasn't for me. And I, obviously, I had heart to my my partner Carly, and we we spoke a lot about it, and she knew my heart wasn't in it, and it was kind of like a potential safe option. Um, so so from there, from Easter worked for six months to get the qualification whilst I was obviously still at the school yeah uh, we moved to Chelmsford and then I got my first um, personal training job and then since then just kind of powered through with obviously the the job that I initially got liquidated had to move um, gyms powering through of online coaching as well and yeah it's been a, it's been a crazy crazy kind of three years or so but I uh, love it loved every second absolutely Nathan and there's so much within that as a top level for us to get really toured into. And we've had conversations previously about the the path you went down with the the teaching. Do you want to explain to the listeners a little bit about what influenced that choice and kind of where it came to its maybe bit sticky conclusion? Yeah, it's it's one of those where obviously 
please, if there's any listeners out here that, you know, you are a teacher yourself, or you know anyone that's a teacher, please don't ever take anything out, anything that I say out of context, because it's just my own personal journey, my own personal feelings uh, towards the career that I wanted to have. I, I wasn't an academic at primary school, high school, I kind of floated with life. And obviously got to university, got to one. And I, I didn't really kind of take a step back and, and think about what I wanted to do. I just kind of went the way that I felt like I should do, which like most people, when you don't really have an idea what to do, you kind of, I wouldn't say go down the safe option, but you look at it, you look at the career that potentially you're going to have, you think, oh, absolutely fantastic. So I kind of, kind of went along with it. And obviously I, I felt that I was good with it because I, you know, I had um, a background in sports coaching, you know, I coached teams obviously for university. I got uh, many experience got into a school I had experience uh, working in the school as well yeah. and and it was fantastic and um you know I really enjoyed it but as kind of time went on you, you know you just know like deep down like something isn't for yourself and I, I knew that like it sounds really cringy to kind of say but I, I knew that I was not doing what I should be doing I always saw myself doing something else and obviously yeah. with a passion of for fitness and obviously not understanding what personal training was going to involve. It was one of those where it's either kind of now or never. I was 21, 22. And um, yeah, luckily for myself, I've got a fantastic girlfriend and she supported me throughout the whole, whole kind of journey. Yeah. I always enjoy that part of your story, Nathan, where you, you kind of gone taken along this path just towards what was maybe the safe option that, would have given you a pretty solid career by all accounts, given that teaching is, 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 is a great career. It's got good, it's, it's a good salary, good working hours. Well, unless you have to do a lot of marking outside of that and good holidays and a great pension and great support. But if your heart's not fully in it, I imagine that that nine till 3 PM or whatever it is in the school would be, would be, would be extremely challenging. And I've always been a big one for, what you spend your 40, 50, 60, however many hours a week you work, you need to enjoy it to an extent. You need to get something from it or it's going to be a long 40, 50 years before you retire and you, um, you look back and you think, I didn't enjoy an awful lot of that and I didn't really service myself within that period. One of the things that you've told me before is that there was a, maybe a little bit of a, an influence from your, from your family to go down that route, Nathan, and was that quite a difficult thing to, to go against in the end? It, it was difficult. And if I'm honest, it's still difficult now. I, you know, it's, it's very difficult to talk to, to my family in regards to what I actually do, because, you know, full well, it's, it's no one in my family self-employed. No one kind of understands social media. So it is very difficult to have those conversations. I, I think from a, my mum and dad point of view, you know, they've been fantastic with me throughout the whole, whole experience of that transition, obviously before that as well. I, I just think they wanted the best for myself and, and they saw that pathway as, okay, Nathan's going to be a teacher, you know, he's going to get an X amount of each year and he's going to do well for himself and he's going to, he's going to take a few years to, to do really well. I think as well, because my brother, he, um, my old, my oldest brother, he's a, an actor. He works in London He's an incredibly intelligent guy. I always say that he, he took the brains from myself. And that probably yeah. is, <laughs> that, is pro that is probably true. Um, my sister was a teacher. So, you know, looking at my brother, he's done really well. You know, he's the intelligent one in the family. My sister, she's a hard worker. She was a teacher. 
and you know what you know what Nathan like you, you could do that you know you've got the enthusiasm you know you've got the communication you're really well with people and you can kind of go down that route so from that point of view you know they were very very supportive and I've got nothing against that because you'd rather that way than than the other way um the transition was was very difficult to kind of explain to them and I've kind of spoke about it on my podcast a few times and the stuff that I'll, I'll open up probably more in the future down the line in regards to that kind of initial six months and what that was like personally yeah. but it was very hard kind of going back home to Ipswich because I'm I'm from Chelmsford I live in Chelmsford so I'm far away and kind of you know how's it going Nathan yes yeah, it's, it's all right and, and you know that's a that was a very very difficult period of time and you know they were supportive but it's I don't know it's, it's just really really kind of hard and they, your family always want the best for you um but especially when you're going into a career that's like you say maybe not as viewed as stable from the outside world as a as a, as a teaching career and particularly when you maybe had that roadmap there with your sister who um had had a good teaching job and was doing well in that space and mom and dad are thinking Nathan there there you go you, go, go, go do that you're you're you like you say good communication skills passionate about helping people go, go go and get involved in that and make good money and have a stable career and they don't have to worry about supporting you anymore which is um which is what obviously a lot a lot of families care about but you've 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 gone you've gone a little bit against that you've gone with your gut you've gone with your passion carly's been a, a massive support for you your partner and you've moved to chelmsford I know you you went through one of the quick fire PT courses as um as many of as many of my former um PT and online coach guests guessed it as well. What what did it look like once that was done? What what was the next steps? Yeah, so I think the main reason I did that online course was obviously I decided by Easter. I knew I was at the school until the end of uh, July, and I, I wanted to because I was I was in London at this point. We decided to move to Chelmsford just to create a you know a really kind of positive environment for ourselves where I can really kind of push on. No one knows who I am. I'm I'm just Nathan, the personal trainer. And um, yeah, so obviously I was doing the online course. Ideally, I would, would would rather do a slightly different course. So we moved to kind of Chelmsford, um, and luckily where we actually moved to, there was a, a gym opening up literally right opposite myself. So when I think we moved here end of July. The gym was open, I think, the start of October, but I was working with them from sort of September onwards uh, just to help them with kind of leaflet dropping and marketing and yeah. and whatnot and um, and got involved there really quick. Luckily, I was um, I was really kind of supported by the kind of manager at the gym. Uh, there was a there was a Facebook live, uh, yeah, it was a Facebook live um, to introduce the gym on on Essex Live. So you know, for the first Great. couple of weeks, I got a, a handful of clients from that. Obviously, they recognised my face and like anything with personal training, if they recognize your face and you look like a, a knowledgeable and a decent person and you know, that does kind of put you in the right direction and yeah. And then kind of, um, and then kind of went from there. Yeah. Brilliant. And I know that that initial period in the gym is probably the, the kind of litmus test for all personal trainers when it comes to building their online business, particularly when you've gone to a new city, a new town where you're not going to maybe pick up family and friends as, as clients to get you started and get the ball rolling you've had that great start where you've got a couple of clients off the back of doing the promotional stuff for the gym opening like you say they recognized you when they signed up for the gym they were happy for you to do their coaching the model at the gym you were at was actually quite favorable for picking up clients wasn't it from what you've told me before compared to maybe your standard commercial gym that's a bit more of a bit more of a jungle do you want to tell the listeners a little bit around that and some of the skills that you put into practice maybe you didn't even know you had at that point to to build your client base 
Yeah, so the gym that I, I first joined at Sweat, obviously it got liquidated, uh, I think it was middle of kind of 2019. But the gym that I worked at Sweat, it was, um, it was 15 hours of kind of free labor as such. It was free lots of five-hour shifts. Within those shifts, you obviously have to clean, you have to do classes. We actually did something called a green PT uh, session, which was like a 20 to half an hour um, session for, for the customers to do at the gym. They could book online, they could book on yourself. So yes, once I kind of moved on to rent, and obviously we can always talk about that, it was very challenging to kind of shift my clients from that. Okay, I'm not offering that once a month free PT now, my hours, this is what I offer. That was very difficult to, to kind of to come over. But initially from a from a sales point of view and a marketing point of view it's it's a taste test you know with with classes with the free session it's like this is what i'm about this is 20 minutes for myself oh shit like i'd love to have a little bit of that sounds really weird a little bit more nathan <laughs> that's it though isn't it because i i remember that having trained at a sweat gym for a period as well there was different tiers of membership and if you had the green membership you got that 15 20 minute session with a pt each each month and that obviously the PTs would take the different spin classes, circuit classes, uh, Zumba classes, whatever it was. And for me, like I always look externally from a sales perspective and I'm thinking that's your opportunity to speak to your perfect demographic of people who already pay a membership to come into this gym that don't already have a personal trainer to show them that you're the personal trainer for them. And like you say, they want a little bit more Nathan that's a great point because if they work with you for 20 minutes or they come to that class with you and they think wow he he's one really knowledgeable he makes me work hard he he uh, he speaks well to me we get on well which is half the battle when it comes to finding the right trainer then what would it be like if I paid for two sessions a week for 12 weeks or, or whatever whatever package you were offering at the time then that's that's the that's the environment and I, I often see PTs moaning about the like, oh, I'm having to do spin class tonight. And I'm thinking, in my world, if I got to pitch, effectively what that is, a pitch to 15 or 20 of my ideal customers, like, I don't even know how much that would be worth to me. Like, tens of thousands of pounds in terms of what I do. But to a personal trainer, that would be worth, like, thousands of pounds potentially right in front of you. And you shouldn't obviously see the clients as, as, as money bags. That's not, the, that's not what I'm trying to get at. But it's an opportunity to convert leads into into clients and i guess you managed to do that as well yeah for sure and i think like yeah your mentality like you're just saying a second ago it's it's an opportunity whereas i remember a lot of the kind of pts initially it was like that oh, coming for a shift and don't get me wrong like no one wants to clean the toilets from from a personal training point of view and no one yeah. wants to clean the treadmills but it's that every single shift is the engagement it's like you just have to drop little kind of value uh, bits of value like I said, it's a kind of taste test as a person. So that five-hour shift, that goes a long, long way. And yeah, it's it's hard work to begin with. But once the wheel's in motion, those 15 hours a week, absolute, absolute goldmine, mate. Yeah. You've spoken to me before about the attitudes of people within the gym. Do you want to maybe share what that was maybe like a little bit in terms of who was around you, your peer group? Yeah, it was it was a very difficult situation if I'm if I'm honest to to be around um to begin with from, from the gym that I was at because a lot of them were like myself, they were new PTs. It was just a a, a different kind of mentality and a, an approach to person training and business and, and again I don't mean that in a, a disrespectful way, but of course I stepped foot into it, not really kind of I'm learning on the job at the same time. 
but you know, I had kind of PTs there that had the kind of wrong attitude, you know, always came with the wrong uniform on. Um, you see them in sessions, they don't really look like they want to be there. You kind of have conversations with them as a person. And like I said, I'm, I'm so enthusiastic about this. Like I love this. Like even at the five hour shifts, I was absolutely loving it. Speak to them. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, like it's, it's just what it is. And mm-hmm. you know, that, that was very difficult to, to get around in, I'm very much a, a sort of person where you've got to create the right environment. You've got to create a positive environment. You've got to be around the, you know, like-minded people. And unfortunately there was personal trainers, online coaches there, like who I, who I speak to, like um, through social media. And there's a few that I have met in Chelmsford that are fantastic and on the same wavelength and inspire you and motivate you. And uh, at the same, at the same time, but then unfortunately, you know, 90% of the, the kind of PTs, they don't see it as a business and when I stepped foot into the industry and what I was going into all, all day long, long-term goal is this is a, a one, three, five, ten year business. I, I kind of knew the direction I want to go. Yeah. And you come a lot, you come across a lot of people that just see this as a, as a summer fling or a, a year thing before going on to another job. And yeah, that's, that was difficult to get my head around. Yeah. Completely agree on what you said about environment where you're trying to make it like an enthusiastic, positive environment, because that will feed on to, the potential clients you've got and it will feed on to the clients that you've got in terms of them getting a good experience when they're with you in the gym. And I, I certainly know from other roles where maybe there's people in your team or, or your, or your, um, your business that aren't bringing the same vibe as you. And it can be, it can be challenging. It maybe it almost restricts you. And even if you look at your, like in terms of social circle, maybe some people you spend time with when you're at university or school who don't quite share the same drive and ambitions as you, they get left behind because you just, you, you, not not in a rude way, but you just move forward because you need people around you that are pushing you in the same same direction, which is, which is so important. And I think you can see that with the kind of connections that we built online. I mean, for the listeners' knowledge, Nathan and I and probably five or six others um, that were all posting regularly on Instagram. Most of the guys were PTs apart from me. We're, we're in like a WhatsApp group. We were like engaging each other's Instagram posts. We were talking in that chat about like, oh, what kind of content do you think people respond well to? What kind of, what kind of um, coaching sheets are you using? All this kind of stuff that the guys were talking about. And I guess in some ways that replaced the staff room that you had at Sweat with people to speak to about what, what you need to be doing to grow your business. Yeah, for sure. I've, I think from the, obviously I'm not, I'm not really necessarily part of any engagement groups at the moment because uh, there's, there's a potential, you know, Instagram shadow bands and, and bits of, but obviously I'm, I'm connected with a lot of people, but it was initially back made, then, wasn't it? It was different back but, then. It was good to meet people through that. And like, like I say, I'm like, like you don't use them anymore, but the people that you connected with from them, you can, you stay in touch with the right ones. I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. And, and absolutely spot on. And, you know, that engagement group for me was, is incredible. And I remember the time when I think it was uh, Cam, Cam McKay, who obviously is, is doing incredibly well right now. And he was the one that introduced me into the, into the group and obviously came across yourselves and a few others. And, you know, I remember sort of speaking to Carly, like, this is fantastic. You know, these guys, like every single day, they're posting, they're posting fitness content, they're providing value and education. I remember sort of saying to her, like, like this, this is what I am. This is what I want to do. This is, this is, I'm, I'm now among people who are my kind of fitness professionals as such. Um, How good so is that, that was, It just oh, levels mate. up. It just feels so yeah. good when you connect with people like that. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, and that was part of the reason why I kind of made the move to, to online coaching probably a lot 
earlier than what I should have done. And, you know, that was a mistake. I think that was early kind of 2018 because I saw other people doing it and I was like, I want to get my, I just want to get stuck into that. You know, that's where I want to be going. And I obviously just jumped too, too quickly, but obviously took that back a, a few steps. That's quite funny. You, um, we've kind of segued into social media there. So let's, let, 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 let's go there. But first, when you, when you say you launched your online coaching too early, appreciate that was came from a good place in terms of you were like motivated by the guys around you like some of the boys in that chat were were smashing online coaching at that stage as well and I guess maybe you were like I want in on that like I can I can do that too what what wasn't in place for you to really maximize at that point do you think yeah and and you know that it's actually something I hopefully provide some sort of value to to listeners right now and because I I see a lot of kind of personal trainers online coaches or new online coaches try and do this it's the fact that the, the system just weren't in place. So it'd be like someone messaged me online, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, join my online coaching service. And there was no service. It was a sheet that I would have. It would be a back and forth message on WhatsApp. And that was pretty much it because I didn't actually know what online coaching myself. You know, I, I just thought it was, you know, here's a plan. We'll check in a few days and that's it. And I do actually see that with online coach or personal trainers now you you've got to i personally think if you're looking to get into online coaching having that personal training background of actually dealing with people on a regular basis actually finding out what people want and the service they're after and how you, you've got to be in the game a little bit to acknowledge your weaknesses of your service to make them better rather than you know let's just jump straight into it so yeah that was a that was a massive kind of error on my path but um it was one of those things where I always think that everything happens for a reason and the position I'm in at the moment, which is, you know, you know, obviously of course can always be better and I'm still working on it, but I don't think I would be doing what I am today if it wasn't for those mistakes, you know, early kind of 2018. That's such a good point. And like you say, you kind of went back to the drawing board, you withdrew, you focused again on building that one-to-one business. You got fully booked, you got onto rent with the, at sweat and with your PT and things started to to blossom from there and you still focused on your social media. So we can maybe talk a little bit about that because for the listeners that don't know Nathan at the moment, he is one of the most consistent content creators on social media across a number of platforms. Everyone knows that I'm, I, well, for a long time, I was extremely robotic and like just churning out Instagram content day after day. Nathan is like, absolutely like that but across multiple platforms nathan do you want to tell the guys a little bit about some of the platforms you post on some of the different things that you do for each platform and which maybe platform is best for an online coach i know i know you've got some interesting opinions on that yeah it's very difficult and and to be fair with this whole kind of covid19 obviously it's it's horrible what's happened but for me as for my business it's been a blessing disguise because it's just allowed me to take a massive step back a massive breather and think actually nathan like stop working you know crazy amount of hours stop doing all stop trying to do everything Mm. just take it back a little bit and actually assess where you want to go and definitely social media falls under that so the social media platforms i use at the moment um instagram tiktok youtube linkedin apple podcasts youtube YouTube yeah YouTube as well so the way that I kind of structure my content is Instagram is always the the number one personally from uh, a reach point of view and the value and education that you can provide on it and I I still love the fact that you know from a picture point of view if you have an aesthetic picture you know that can reach so many people and if you have the right kind of information then fantastic from a video point of view the saves like 
that's why I've been trying to do so many sort of videos on there because the saves is, is crazy. You, they're all different in different ways. The, the way I kind of segment it is like Instagram, YouTube, um, TikTok are kind of more Nathan Collins Fitness. Podcasts and LinkedIn a little bit, and I'm still trying to, we spoke about briefly before in terms of LinkedIn and, and finding the feet and, and, and ways to kind of uh, benefit from that platform. But at the moment, that's more of a, let's help kind of PTs and online coaches with their own business and tell my own yeah. story as such. So that's kind of how I break it down. I think if you're a fitness professional and looking to improve your kind of personal training business and an online coaching uh, business as well, I think Instagram and YouTube hands down should be the go-tos. Yeah. Touched on Instagram a second ago. I think YouTube, it just gives you that little bit of an insight of creating content that you wouldn't potentially get away with on Instagram. And you can actually provide a little bit more about what, like who you are and i know it's still edited and you do little clips but yeah. you know at the moment i'm doing sort of walkthrough videos and, and and things like that to kind of oh this this guy he knows his stuff you know he's not just kind of editing and copying and, and stuff so yeah um and obviously tiktok's just tiktok's just a bit of a laugh man yeah the thing about the thing, <laughs> just to touch on your tiktok though that's the one that just goes crazy sometimes in terms of the viral reach instagrams it's not a closed shop and anyone that's not got a massive instagram following at this point do not be discouraged because you can still have a significant impact when you've got 500 600 a thousand followers two thousand followers as you scale it and, it and it grows nice and nicely based on that but tiktok's the one where your reach can just go crazy off the back of like one video and you've had a few that have just gone bonkers haven't you what what's the kind of formula on on, on tiktok at the moment you, you're posting regularly on there as well yeah it's kind of like two or three times a day uh, a mixture of content obviously it, it has kind of come down a little bit in regards to the reach like kind of grew reasonably quickly pretty quick um and it has like it has kind of come down it's a bit like instagram youtube you know when it first someone first starts youtube or first starts instagram it's it's, it's the followers and followers it, it builds up and yeah. i guess the kind of algorithms might change it you know your content might become too samey so you know you've got to find different ways of kind of actually find an audience with, with tiktok yeah it's just consistent like like with instagram two or three times a day trying to keep it really short simple easy in the eye what's really good with tiktok that i love a lot is obviously they have the whole like system which we can always touch on with instagram has kind of gone away a little bit but the like it saves the video so by liking and, and by commenting it's going to boost your reach a lot more and obviously if they like it they can save it and they can view it um but it was just something that i i played around with and you know it's it's, it's gone really well but i think with with platforms you've just got to see what's best for you and your business and and i remember something that jamie alderton said um a handful of months ago he always said like pick to two or three kind of platforms and just go all in on them and I did that for for a long, long time before that and obviously carried on. But, you know, I listen to a lot of Gary Vee now and I know that's his name gets chucked around all over the place and it's completely understandable. And, yeah. you know, he, he always says that you can offer so much on, on, on so many different platforms if done correctly. And that's something that I've looked into my business and, and, and found ways of, okay, how can I grow on this? How can I provide value on education and go from there? I can see that from your content though, because one of the things we've talked about before is that a lot of the time when you create that initial video, it can get reused from TikTok to Instagram to YouTube to, to an extent on YouTube, because I know you obviously want a longer video on YouTube, but you can reuse it. And the same way that the post that you write for Instagram that's on a, an aesthetic photo, like you say, 
can be reused for Facebook, can be reused for LinkedIn. As long as the, the caption can be reformatted to a small extent, you can continue to hit multiple platforms and there's different audiences on each one. And I've spoken to a few coaches now and I, I guess now I'm putting out in the public domain. If you are an online coach and you want higher ticket clients, LinkedIn is the place to go because the guys on there and the girls as well are corporate workers. They have typically a higher salary because they're in potentially higher paying jobs because they're on LinkedIn, they're in professional jobs and they are willing to spend 200, 250 pounds a month on a good quality online coach. The other thing to be aware of, Insta, sorry, LinkedIn does not have very many coaches posting on it at the moment. So if you can get in there and start to grow, you will potentially reach a lot of them. And I see Nathan is, is ticking along on there. Um, Ruan Wire is a previous guest of the podcast is on there and he's smashing it as well. And he picks up some clients through it as well. So it's an interesting one where if you can get your message right, maybe a slight adapt, adapting of what you're posting on Instagram, then there's the opportunity to become an authority on there. Um, and much like TikTok, the algorithm, which everyone's going to roll their eyes at, is much more favorable because um, there's a lot more organic reach. So if, if, for example, I like or comment on Nathan's post on LinkedIn, it's like Facebook was back in the day where you used to see everyone at school liking each other's photos because it shows on your newsfeed, which for growing is ridiculous ridiculously good compared to Instagram where if you like something nobody sees that just you you're the only one that's aware that you've liked that post so your friends can't get on board with what you're liking apart from maybe through the explore page um so it's 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 interesting your approach to all these different socials Nathan do you want to maybe tell us just very top line what are the main things that you try to do with an Instagram post because that's your like you say your bread and your butter what are the kind of main things you try and do to, to to build your audience and to give give value to the ones that are already there yeah two things of instagram i think the the value in education keep the when i say value in education it's like when someone starts an instagram account or a fitness account it's always like how to track your macros or how to track calories and it's just that simple like you, you've just got to find a way of putting your own spin on it make it very very simple but then educational at the t- same time and, and that, that's what i was saying like in regards to you know, kind of PT and online coaching, it, it does take time. That you know, same applies to social media. It takes time to really understand what works. Those posts, um, I think, as well, saves. You know, saves reaches a. The, the more saves you get in posts, the further your reach is going to go. Um, and with pictures, you know, they're not like videos where people can save it and and, and do the workout or whatnot. But with with posts, if you can try and make it like five motivational tips one, two, three, four, five, really simple. Someone's going to save it. It's going to reach more people, get on the explore page. And, you know, that's really good. And just to, just to finish off on the social media, which I obviously didn't touch on a second ago is with each platform, you know, find how that works, find how you can reach, find how it's going to help your business. And, and what I did at the start of kind of lockdown was obviously wrote down every single social media platform, find out the ways that you can kind of grow on that platform because every way is different, like you said, with, with LinkedIn and in regards to the comment, TikTok, you know, you can just go viral. Facebook, if someone shares a post on, on their page, you can reach yeah. more people and just, just find out ways on, on how to, to grow, but to follow suit with your business at the same time. Yeah, of course. Because for, for those that don't, didn't kind of really hit home with that message there is you're 
you're not just posting for the sake of it. It's not just a case of I post twice a day on Instagram and it's just pointless posts. It's actually like, I think pretty much every day during lockdown, you've posted like a workout for people to do that's either no equipment or limited equipment, which is so relatable and so helpful. And you can see from your engagement in terms of like genuine people, like liking, commenting, saving, um, they, you've built like a lot of trust with them. And when we come out of the back of this, you'll be in a really good position because of that. And that probably leads us into handling adversity. And there's probably been two cases that will spring to mind when we talk about, talk about your situation, Nathan. One of those is the, is the dreaded C word, and we'll get onto that. But you've, you've mentioned already that uh, early 2019, mid 2019, Sweat liquidated, which was the gym that you've been working at for, for well over a year. What happened there and what was the situation like? Oh, uh, yeah, that, that was a horrible situation, but a blessing on the, on the, on the other sides. Uh, yeah, so the gym, it was a, a very, very small kind of company. I think it had, well, obviously, you, you know of you, yourself, there was one up in Scotland. Um, yeah. There was sort of four or five gyms scattered around the country. Um, and, yeah, just overnight, just went to liquidation. There was kind of whispers. I knew one of the kind of, I don't know the word to use. She wasn't a director, but she was from Chelmsford that helped kind of really kind of push the gyms all over up and down the country. So she kind of gave me a bit of a word of warning that they were going to close or potentially going to close. And obviously I saw the one in Scotland closed and it kind of just filtered down. Yes. But yeah, that pretty much happened overnight and it was a, it was a very horrible, horrible situation and something very similar to what's happened right now. I think it's happened on the Thursday or Friday. So I just gave myself the whole, weekend off to really kind of think about what I want to do going forward what gyms to open because I was still you know October October 2017 you know it's kind of like March April time you know it's kind of 18 months it's 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 not a it's not a long period of time at all to be in your PT career because you know it, it does take time to build a business and obviously that happens but yeah took took that weekend off Obviously, there there was tears. There was there was times where you're thinking, shit, like what the fuck am I going to do? There's self doubt creeps in. But yeah. going back to the the positive environment and the mentality, I think if you kind of have that in place, you you have all the tools to kind of move forward. And, and that's what you got to do. You got to be proactive. You got to be adaptive, and and you just got to be strong minded. And yeah, took that weekend off, assessed all gyms that potentially I'd like to work at. Um, and then Riverside, luckily, again for myself, it was a it was a very small gym, Riverside, um, and and now I think it's it's, it's the the largest in, in Essex. They they built a um, obviously a new complex. I think this it was happening like kind of late June, early July. So it was only kind of like a month of working in this like really really small gym. I'm talking like a, it felt like a hotel gym. I can't believe how yeah. long that that gym itself was there in, in the leisure center, but now it's got like a, you know, a massive complex and uh, I've been there since. Yeah. I, I remember chatting to you at the time because like I say, I, I was, I think I was still a member at sweat, but I wasn't training there very often because I was, I was traveling a lot with work at that point, but I, I knew it had closed and I reached out to you and you were like, yeah, we're getting rumors that it's closing. And then like a day later you got your email or whatever it was from the, the management to say, sorry, everyone that works here it's uh, it's it, it's it's changed days and i just think they got their model wrong which is unfortunate in terms of number of members and whatnot but it, it shakes you to your foundations when your place of work is uh, is not there anymore and i appreciate anyone that's listened to the solo podcast will know that 
often adversity is what tests us and it, it tested Nathan and you can see that you came through it in a strong position because much like myself, you had that mindset where I'm going to be an asset wherever I go and whatever gym you went to, so Riverside, as long as geography-wise it was in a reasonable location, you were bringing clientele, so you were going to be really valuable to that gym. So you had an opportunity to say to Riverside, listen, I've got a good clientele come from Sweat. They all need to find a new gym. As long as you're not like a completely different offering in terms of like Sweat was like 15, 20 pounds a month. If Riverside was like 50 pounds a month, then you might've seen a big drop off. But as long as it was a similar offering, they still want to work with Nathan Collins PT. They still want to come with you. And um, so that makes you, a, makes you a good asset. But of course, there's still that factor that you think, oh God, because all these people have um, moved gym or changed gym, will they still be my clientele? Will my book still be there? But I think you can see that the work that you put in before that and the work you put in after that, that paid off. Do you think that experience braced you a little bit for what we experienced with COVID when due to lockdown, we have the gyms closed and, and at the time of recording, not to time date this too much, um, the gyms are still closed at the moment across the UK. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I think, I think it helped, helped massively in regards to that situation. I, I still had that initial, ah, oh, fuck, like, you know, it's a, it's okay to accept to to cry and and to think like, ah, oh shit, like this is this is gonna be really kind of tough over the next how many weeks or days or, or whatever. And but yeah, it, it did after having that initial kind of overnight time of a bit of, of a worry. It's it did put me instead, and and I remember at the time when going back to when sweat closed, I I said to myself like, this is the I want to kind of really kind of push online coaching. I really want to kind of go. Uh, further my service in case this happens again or the fact like in my long-term goal is to eventually move into full-time online coaching but yeah so obviously it did happen again obviously not the situation I, no one could have predicted what would happen but luckily for myself obviously I had my online coaching service in place and and, and full well you know that's not the majority of my income one-to-one -one was you know was the majority of my income but I had systems in place where you could see from an outside viewpoint my kind of service it, you know it, it's very well run it's hopefully run by someone that's knowledgeable but relatable at the same time and the fact that I had that in place you know really kind of be benefited this, this this period of time but I, I agree I think at that time it's you know sweat closing I kind of thought to myself you know this is not going to happen again or if it does happen again you know I'm going to completely plan for it yeah like you say when the COVID situation occurred. You already had the systems in place. You were already a, a solid online coach. Like you say, the majority of your um, percentage of your income was still coming one-to-one. -one, and that's something that, you, like you say, you're working on over the long term to become a more sustainable online business entirely. But because you had those systems in place, there was the option for those people that could no longer access the gym or access a one-to-one -one PT to get a really high level of service from you. And if that COVID period was not a wake-up call for a large number of personal trainers in the fitness industry, then I do not know what will be. And we've joked about it, and some of the guys that I chat to that are doing really well in the space, the first two weeks of lockdown, everyone and their granny was posting regularly on Instagram, trying to give value, advertising as an online coach. And that's fine because you had to do that to keep your head above water. And I respect the hustle. In fact, I actually love it. I love to see people working hard. But we're now, what? 10, 11, 12 weeks in, Nathan's still bashing out daily content, helping people. He's still offering online coaching. So many people have disappeared, mate. Where have they gone? I don't know what's, what, what, what's going on. 
Oh, mate, tell me about it. And I, I agree with your point, you know, you, you've got to make ends meet and you, you've got to do what's best for yourself. But I always see it like a phase, you know, it's people dip in and out. They kind of, they potentially don't do it for the right reasons. They don't have a long-term goal in place. They don't really know where their business is heading. So they kind of see other PTs and online coaches want to do it. They, they try it themselves. And it's, it's just one of those things with, with the industry. It's, it's just what happens. And I think with the Facebook groups like we we're kind of saying in the, the daily workouts as well, like going back to the social media and I always talk about planning and the short-term goals and everything like that. When that kind of happens, I use that weekend to plan, okay, this is going to potentially go on. I think I initially sort of said sort of eight to 12 weeks from, from just my general thoughts. What am I going to get out from this eight to 12 weeks? Okay. I'm going to boost my online coaching service. So it's even more effective and, um, uh, kind of increased when we come out of lockdown which fingers crossed hopefully it is in, in the motion of um social media point of view i'm going to improve this this and this not just numbers but the actual kind of engagement and getting more people to understand who nathan Collins fitness is all about and yeah those plans in place and obviously when the the content and everything that i've put together it's not just something like oh, i'm gonna wake up and oh, i'm gonna do this today and oh i've just seen uh colin do this i'm gonna do exactly the same it's it's all completely fought out i, I kind of knew what i was doing and like you said with other PDs online coaches unfortunately the transition is yes there's there's things that overlap but the transition from a personal training to online coach is in some ways a completely different job and some PTs are amazing PTs as a a one-to-one person and that kind of service but it's it's some you know it's very difficult for some people to to make that transition yeah, it's that quality of systems in behind it as well, because you can be the most knowledgeable PT in the world. But if all you're giving your client is a Microsoft Word document with a, a few exercises and a meal plan on it, you're not in the same ballpark, let alone, the, you're not playing, sorry, you're not even playing the same sport, let alone the same league as the guys like yourself and some of the other coaches that I, that I connect with who are providing just these brilliant documents, brilliant support, brilliant checking system, just constant kind of leveling up of, of, of the support that you give to your clients. And that's not to say that people that jumped from being one-to-one PTs to trying to provide online support during COVID did anything wrong, but they need to start to look at now when they come out of this, I need to invest in coaching, in coaching systems. I need to invest in software that allows me to provide the best possible service to clients. Otherwise people might have, might have during this period thought to themselves, Oh, I've I've always liked having a one-to-one PT, but during this, Nathan or whoever else they have as their coach has given me a brilliant online service. They might not go back to -to one-to-one PT or they might cut back their one-to-one PT hours, which will massively affect people's businesses. So it's going to be really interesting to see where it goes. One thing you mentioned that I'd like you to expand a little bit on, Nathan, was the change in your offering because you set up your Facebook group. Do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about what that looked like and what, what drove that? Yeah, so for the Facebook group, obviously, um, going back to social media and, and utilizing that other platforms, uh, I, my kind of actual kind of audience and um, kind of sort of target areas is general pop. You know, it's it goes anywhere from kind of more advanced kind of people that want to go into the gym, but of course, it's expandable to to anyone. I know some people listen to that and think, oh my god, you've got to have a niche, but I personally feel like I can kind of cater, and I've had the experience to to deal with loads of other people and facebook wasn't necessarily a platform that i really kind of utilized before um i obviously of course you you share your instagram post with your facebook and i've, I've kind of you know 
got a decent amount of engagement on there but i thought to myself actually this is a really a real good opportunity to to create some sort of community some sort of group that i can reach whoever they can invite their friends into it and, and go from there so i think i did that again i planned out for just sort of six weeks a couple of free workouts or live workouts for people to get involved in and with facebook as well which is really cool obviously you've got all the kind of uh, communities you've got um all the different areas where people are kind of signed to so you obviously put your um you put your group in there and obviously people get involved and you know that was really good it probably wasn't as good as potentially i i hoped um it, it was one of those things a bit like what you were saying in regards to kind of pts and online coaches you know doing the homework that's for a few weeks it was a little bit like that for the consumer you know people getting involved for the first two or three weeks and it and it just dies off and um i kind of caught on that pretty quick and and I was like, okay, yeah, once this kind of six weeks is, is over, then that, that's, uh, that's done and, and then put that time that I use for Facebook into something else. But yeah, it was just a bit of trial and error, mate. And um, yeah, it's, it, it was one of those and it was good whilst it kind of lasted, but I've kind of utilised those skills and of what I've learned from the live workouts, which I've now kind of put into YouTube, which, uh, you know, I'm doing kind of sort of walkthrough videos there, which are, which are doing mm-hmm. reasonably okay. Yeah, that's interesting on the Facebook group. I know that long-term, one of the things that a lot of PTs will look at are things like membership sites and um, kind of group communities that they build. And that's a great way for you to maybe dip your toe into that with that kind of six-week period where you were supporting a community behind a, behind a wall almost. And uh, that'll, that'll be interesting moving forward. Now, for anyone that's not quite grasped this yet, Nathan's an extremely busy guy and... Anyone that's not a fitness trainer, this will, this will still be very interesting for you because you, you, you've been working from home entirely during this period, working online on your laptop, on your phone, and you are cranking out a phenomenal volume of content, phenomenal output in terms of service for your clients. That means that you need to be relatively well organized, which for somebody like myself who works from home as well, I'll certainly appreciate this topic. What are some of the things that you do to be productive from home? And I, I've seen, uh, I've seen your, your, uh, your, your calendar and how you do all that. So do you maybe want to share that a little bit with the listeners just now? Yeah, for sure. And, and Colin, mate, I don't know, you, you probably like myself, like I love structure, dude. I fucking love organization. Like, I love that shit. Like, yeah. do you know what? I just don't know what I would do about my life with, with structure, man. And, um, but yeah, it was regards to what I do. Obviously people see like, if so, some ways I, I may be a little bit too busy from a, from a social media point of view and I'm, I'm probably doing too much and you know over time you know like I said enough I, I never regret anything I, I learn from every experience and um, you know from, from a business point of view it's only gonna be a positive but I, I think from a routine and structure point of view it's the way that I kind of worked out what suits me best is you know, my, my steps, uh, my morning mobility that I do to clear my head, my morning coffee, man, I can't, I can't go out my morning coffee just to really kind of plan my day ahead. And then once that kind of eight o'clock hits, you know, it's, it's all systems go and I've kind of wrote down exactly what I'm going to do, whether it's, you know, editing an Instagram post in the morning, posting on LinkedIn, the morning tends to be a social media slash admin slash kind of clients. And then the afternoon tends to be a, again kind of clients it kind of overlaps morning and afternoon uh, but in afternoon i really drill in with the, with the youtube content the instagram content to film for the for the following day and i think once you have those systems in place dude and, and once you have that kind of cycle that momentum it, it just doesn't seem like if you don't kind of 
if you don't kind of keep that up for a few days, it feels like you're being very, very lazy. And, and yeah. if anything, it's actually quite simple to do. And, you know, I get a lot of messages from myself. Like, how, how do you, how do you keep posting and what tips have you got? And it's like, just plan your day out. Just make sure you're not doing too much and going too crazy. And you just, you're just ticking those boxes, dude. Like it's as, yeah. as simple as that. And once you get, it's, if you want to kind of learn how to do something like, um, for example, like Photoshop and, and, and bits of balls before lockdown kind of hit, I was still a little bit iffy with Photoshop. As soon as you learn how to, to use those platforms, which may take a whole morning, may take afternoon, which is, um, can be frustrating. Once you learn how to do those things, you can do it in five or 10 minutes yeah. and it's getting past that point. And it's yeah, that you're, investment. You're... It's that investment of time initially. And when you're talking about structure there, everyone's going to roll their eyes when I say this, but it's clear that you've built a structure that there's a number of habits that exist within it where, like you say, the morning is you're posting and creating your content, responding to comments and engaging and across all the multiple platforms afternoon, you're creating it for the next day or the next, or the days after that to kind of create that backlog that's ready to create again. And that's, that's just how you see your day. And you've got that to-do list that you create when you've gone for your, after you've done your steps and you're having your morning coffee, you're writing out, this is what must be done today. These are the non-negotiables. And that's relevant for, for anyone. So if you're sitting on a laptop like me and you're involved in insurance, you're involved in accounting, you're involved in marketing, whatever you're involved in, you can implement a similar structure and you find that you actually free up a lot more time by being productive within those structures. Like, appreciate tonight it's 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 half past eight nine o'clock at night and you and i are on a podcast but that's because it's what we like to do but i was done everything during my working day nine till five in the mo- before i logged on at nine o'clock i did all my socials and then after i logged off i did my training session did my socials and i could be watching netflix i could be chilling out now because i've done and ticked all the major boxes and you and i are both busy people but because we have that structure it almost one of the phrases I quite like is discipline equals freedom. So the discipline that we have during the working day that we create ourselves, I appreciate you, you definitely create it yourself because you're self-employed, but it then frees up time for you to enjoy with Carly, to you to enjoy with family, whoever you choose to spend it with when we're in more free time um, in terms of outside of lockdown. But that kind of initial structure that you've got allows you to enjoy yourself more so outside that. Do you know what? Yeah, it's something that I need to touch on. And, and someone um, sort of said to me the, the other day in regards to, you know, you, you must be working the time. And I, and I kind of replied back saying, no, I'm not working the time. I'm just working very, very efficiently with the time I have because I think that time off. And like you said, you you know, I, you know, I love this shit, man. I, I love kind of talking to you about everything, business, fitness and business. And you're very similar. You know, you know, we're on a podcast at half in the evening. But, you know, this time right now, we, we could be chilling because we've done everything for the day. But that kind of chilling time just kind of relaxes me, sets me up to go again because you can't go every single day full on. Yeah, some people can do it. Some people are absolute machines, but everybody needs that time off. Just kind of set your day up. You know, for me at the moment, obviously I've got some evening clients and and whatnot, but eight to eight to six, like I'm full on. Like I know exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, it gives me enough time to get so much done. 6 p.m., me and Carly were chilling, man. We're making a little sofa bed down there and we're, we're chilling out. And that's, for me, that's very important. And something going forward past lockdown when I'm back into the gym and, and doing some one-to-one PT, I've learned from this experience that you can't work every single hour of the day. You just got to work harder rather than, yeah, no, you got to work smarter rather than harder. 
yeah it's that you're like working smart but you're working hard when you do work and that's the that's that's the great point and like you say because you've like gotten really good at creating content and you've invested that initial time you're much more efficient it's the same way with the podcast i can bang them out so much faster because i've done a few i've done like like 17 18 episodes now so it's a lot easier for me to turn them out quicker whereas the first one i was taking ages to like make sure it all was was perfect although podcasts are a lot easier to edit than youtube and that's why that's why i'm not on youtube apart from just banging up the zoom video (laughs) (laughs) love that I've, uh, I've, I've absolutely loved that, Nathan. I think one, one of the other things that I like to cover with, with most guests, particularly guys that are self-employed or are self-motivated, are just some of the self-development sources that you've used in, in recent years to build that mindset because you're now, what, three, three and a half years into the game mentally in your approach to dealing with things like COVID-19 and sweat going and um, growing a business under pressure from nothing in a new town. You've got a strong mindset. Is there anything you would point the listeners in the direction of? Yeah, there's a few things I want to kind of say on in, in regards to this point. I think a lot of that is is internal, and it's I, I like the thought of of doing things that are very difficult, or the, when I kind of think when I I kind of get scared about doing something, and I think oh that's that's too that's too much, and then kind of doing it and overcoming that. First, yeah, I, you know I love that so much, dude, and and that really kind of drives me. I think from a external point of view, from from a kind of books and podcasts, I think I spoke to to Dylan, and I know you've uh, you've appeared on his podcast as well, and he asked me about the self development books. I haven't actually read that many kind of books in regards to self development. I think there's a, there's a few like the Power of Habit, which actually, to be fair, that was an absolute game changer for myself. Yeah. Um, Charles Duhigg or something like that. Yeah, I um, read that too. Charles Charles Duhigg or something. I think he's French, but yeah, class book absolute legend Charles is um but yeah how to win <laughs> how to win friends influence people you know, those couple of books were, were fantastic especially before starting uh, as a PT and kind of get into the, the routine of dealing with people and and habits but do you know what mate I'm actually like I'm much more engaged and I learn a lot more from podcasts like your podcast has been fantastic I know I'm sitting on your podcast right now but you have so many different people on there that you learn a lot from and I actually learn better and develop better listening to other people and their experiences and what they offer them and how they've learned than I do by reading someone's book based on one person. Yeah. And especially with podcasts as well, you can listen on the go, like in the morning when I'm working, doing editing, you know, I can listen to podcasts. And I think for, from that point of view, and, you know, I spoke about Gary Vee before, you know, I sit down at my breakfast, I watch a 10 minute video. So I'm kind of always learning daily. I, I, I wouldn't say I haven't got time because you can always make time, but I probably haven't got time to sit down and read a book. So that's why I like the podcast and yeah, and um, the, videos. the important point you've made there though is you've you've picked a source that you respond to and resonate with. Like how much have you picked up from podcasts over the years? Lots. So if it doesn't quite fit your lifestyle to read as much, and like don't get me wrong, like I do like to read before bed, and I'm great for that. But I'm also like I know that I take a lot away from podcast as well and audiobooks because like you say when you're doing your steps when you're maybe doing some pretty low-level admin work on your laptop you can be tuned into stuff that's just taking away in the background just making you making you that little one percent better which adds up over time as we know from the power of habit and from atomic habits james clear but it's it's so good that you've identified that source and appreciate there's so many podcasts out there and there'll be lots that you listen to that are fantastic but just knowing that 
that's the medium that you can listen to and level up just makes you feel comfortable in yourself. And it's not a case of you must read 10 books a year or you must read uh, or you must uh, watch this YouTube or this number of YouTube videos. It's a case of picking and choosing the ones. And I think that's a theme that's come through in this podcast with a lot of guests. It's not a one size fits all. And I hate when people just prescribe um, like one size fits all. And it's a case of finding what works for you. And they can see that that's been the case for you, Nath. Do, do you know what as well, Cole, like from a, from a self-development point of view, when you think of self-development, you, you think of books, you think of podcasts as well. What's worked well for myself, like obviously I have an interest in, in football and unfortunately I, I support a very, very dog shit team in Ipswich. But, you know, from a football point of view, like listen to how Oli Gunnar Solskjaer deals with Paul Pogba, listen to, yeah. you know, just like you can take, obviously a lot of it might not apply to you and your your business and, and what you can take away, but that one small part that you take away makes a massive difference to your business. Like, you know, going back to your podcast, you know, they're not all PTs, they're not online coaches, not everyone in the industry, but because they're telling their experience and what they've learned and they've got loads more experience than me, they're so much more mature and, and older. You can pick so much from that and apply it to yourself. It, it's crazy. So if a listeners listen to this right now, like, self-development books are fantastic and podcasts and everything like that but sometimes actually just find out what works for you and you can kind of go outside the box a little bit yeah i absolutely love that and i guess just to come back on that sometimes i'll just listen to a podcast or or watch a youtube video where it's two fairly intelligent or high achieving people just talking and that's enough sometimes for me just to be like just thinking about how they conduct themselves and how they hold themselves and like you say, maybe, like you say, the football example, somebody will touch on like one little thing within like a five minute conversation. You'll be like, that's all I needed to hear. That, 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 that helped me. And I love that. And like I say, I've, I've definitely listened to podcasts before where the subject hasn't been like the most important thing or like the most interesting thing for me, but it's been two like articulate, well-spoken people that have like gone back and forth with like intelligent conversation. And it's got me ready to go on the phone at work and try and speak that way to other people. Or it's got me ready to um, go and focus and work hard because these guys are making a lot of money or being really successful in their respective field. And I'm like, I want to, I want to be on that level as well. And uh, yeah, I guess that's an insight into, into, into our minds there, Nathan, for, 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 for everyone that's listening. Let's, uh, let's, let's wrap up there, Nathan, in terms of telling the people where they can connect with you on the different platforms that you operate on. Yeah, of course, dude. Uh, so Instagram, Nathan Collins with two N's. And, and Carly actually always says to me, whenever I say two N's, she says, like, it sounds like you're saying two N's at the end of Collins. So just to clarify, it's Nathan, another N, and then Collins. Um, so that's that's Instagram. That's uh, TikTok as well. YouTube, um, just Nathan Collins. And, and just to quickly plug my podcast as well, you know, um, yeah. it's for... Uh, PTs, online coaches, fitness fitness professionals as well, uh, and insight into the fitness industry, and it's just to talk about people's experiences and and again my own journey and um, kind of what I've learned so far, and try and provide uh, as much value and education as possible. And if you want to connect on LinkedIn, anyone listen to this, let's let's connect. Yes, Nathan's pushing the LinkedIn <laughs> big time. And just on Nathan's podcast, I don't work in the fitness industry, so I'm connected with a lot of people, but I've listened to it similar to what I spoke about there. I just sometimes like hearing two people speaking on a high level back and forth about an interesting subject or even a subject that's not like top of my priority list, but it's just nice to to tune in on. Last thing to say, guys, please get a screenshot of this, pop it in your Instagram story, tag Nathan and I 
if you're on Apple and you haven't left me a five-star review yet, I'll be coming to your house and telling you to get it sorted because we're almost at 55 reviews and that's what I'm after. Hope you've all enjoyed this and I'll speak to you all again very, very soon.